Today, I'm from A to Ziggy, Breaking Glass. Welcome to From A to Ziggy, the podcast where we listen to every David Bowie song in alphabetical order. Uh, my name is Travis. My name is Tom. And today, we are Breaking Glass. Stop it, stop it. Breaking Glass sound. Uh, uh, we should have loaded up the uh, soundboard. Should have. Do people oh, still well. use soundboards, or is it all like apps now? I think it's all apps, but I prefer a good soundboard. Behind the times. Yeah. I mean, I spent the whole last episode saying headphones and earphones. So. Earphones. <laughs> well, what do people say now? Earbuds. 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 Like earbuds. Like earbuds. I wish I could think of a good dog pun for headphones, but I just, I, I just don't have it right now. <sighs> Tweeters and woofers. Tweeters and Oh, god damn it. Um, so yeah, Breaking Glass. From 1977's... Album Low. Low. L-O-W. Um, the uh, first in the Berlin Trilogy. Yeah. 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 We're, we're moving from end to beginning. Last time was uh, Lodger, now Low. So disorienting. Yeah. Well, that's what we, that's what we do around here. We jump. We're, we've become unstuck in time, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, Billy Pilgrim from Slaughterhouse-Five. Because <laughs> really, and that kind of sums it all up for this show, is basically we... Uh, we do some armchair philosophizing based on a, a high school level of understanding of literature. Yeah. And BS. A lot of BS. A lot of BS. Uh, so, yeah, this, uh, oh yeah, and I probably pointed this out like every time we've done a song from love, but I always find it interesting. This song came out on my mom's birthday, 1977, January 14th. My, my mom and Dave Grohl's birthday. Huh. Yeah. And one, exactly one month before Valentine's Day. However, this isn't really a love song. This isn't really an anything song. If anything, it's kind of a nothing song. It's kind of a nothing song. But sparse. It's very sparse. But you get your money's worth from that sparseness. Yeah. How long is this song after all? It's like a, a minute something, right? Yeah, it's like a shade under two minutes. Yeah. But it's a really lovely two minutes. Unless you're talking about the, uh, the 12-inch extended mix, which... I'm on record as loving 12-inch extended mixes. That one is 2 minutes and 47 seconds. Oh, man. That's the disco version. That's that's some stairway to heaven territory right there. Yeah. So bloated. When when the Grateful Dead covered this song, it went to... It was like a (laughs) four-minute song. It's a a short but mighty song. It's another one that really pops when you're listening to it directly into your ears into whatever whatever vessel kids are calling it supposedly it's your earbuds earbuds when you listen to it in your earbuds when you pump it in your earbuds well, those um, are the ones that, that, that don't have um, they don't have wires they just like send the signal through bluetooth or something it's just like airway waves through yeah. the air radio waves through the air earbuds I don't trust myself fancy headphones like that um, I forget that they're in yeah Walk that would also be a problem but this song I feel like it was Definitely, it was made for people who were plugging in their headphones to see their record players, because there's, there's like a nice little bass line that you can't really appreciate until it's pumping directly into your ear, and the uh, the move that kind of pans. Yeah. You really... Mini move. Yeah. You really have to have it going straight into your, straight into your ears to appreciate it. Yeah, because it moves from one side to the other. Yeah. Side, middle, side. Yeah, it's a neat song, and it reminds it, it. It feels like one of those. This song probably influenced Beck songs. 
it feels something like like something to bow the garo, almost. You know, the thought never occurred to me, but uh, I like it. Yeah, it lays some groundwork. Any, of course, anytime you bring up Beck, it's, it's always a win. This, and this has definitely got that low, that characteristic low sound with the uh, the eventide harmonizer on the drums. You can hear it. It's like it's one of the most prominent. It's one of the songs with that featured most prominently. So you can really hear Dennis Davis sort of listening back to the, the feedback, playing along with it, altering the snap and the way he's hitting the the snare in response to that. Yeah, it it, it feels like it's a drum machine. It sounds like it should be a drum machine, but yeah, it is no drum machine. And it's it, yeah, this album it's one of those tonal shift albums. So this came out right after Station to Station. And it's yeah, his first kind of getting sober record, kind of dipping his toes into more avant-garde territory. You don't even we don't even hear David Bowie's voice until this song. Oh, it's second track on the album, but the first track believe is an instrumental. If I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Speed of light, that's a, that's instrumental. So that's kind of a gutsy move right there, even. Um, yeah, well, yeah, so that tonal shift you were mentioning is is evident in just the very sparseness we were talking about. It's, uh, all of Station to Station is full of these really wordy songs. He's just, you know, going on and on through this coke-fueled exegesis and uh, you know, the Kabbalistic imagery and all this crazy stuff. Whereas this one, all of low, is just completely shifted. It's the reverse. All of the songs with lyrics are really short. The longest song, the longest pop structure song on this album is three and a half minutes. They're all like super short and sparse. And apparently Tony Visconti was saying that Bowie was suffering from writer's block after station to station. He was trying to figure out what to do next and having trouble coming up with words. And I think all the songs on low, they recorded the instrumental parts first and then we did vocal overdubs later on, doing his characteristic thing of writing in the studio. And they, apparently they tried to work it so that they could take the words, move them around, maybe like repeat verses or something, and try to make them sound more substantial. But Brian Eno, it was Brian Eno who said, don't do that. Don't try to normalize them. Don't, don't try to turn them into something they're not. Just go with it. And you get these songs that are less than a minute long. Well, this song, this is, I think this is the only one that goes under two minutes. Not under a minute, under two minutes. But they're all, like, short. Yeah. This one, it leaves you kind of wanting more. Which I guess is, you know, as we learned when we were listening to the, uh, the Susanna Hoffs version of uh, Boys Keep Swinging, sometimes it's better to leave the party early than to just keep dragging it out longer than it should have. Yeah, um, sometimes sometimes it's merc- more merciful yeah. to the song to just let it let it fade out. Yeah. So it's disappointed as I am every time the song ends, and I'm like, oh, it's just started. I'm just getting my... Getting my Feet tapping. Yeah. And then it just cuts off. Yeah. But I guess... Well, it's trust Brian, you know. It's a gradual it's a gradual goodbye. It fades out. So it seems you're sort of prompted to uh, to reach out longingly and try to grab it before it disappears. And, and then there it goes, and you're left with nothing but air in your hands where the song once was. Yeah. That was tragic. Slipping through your fingers. Like, water, like change slipping out of your pocket yeah this has been for me <laughs> uh this no i like this song this, yeah 
Do you ever have, okay, do you have this thing where you, uh, in a moment of idle thought, there's nothing else, you don't really have anything else to put through your head, you start listening to a song? Yeah. And do you have a go-to song? Um. Like, just something that comes up all the time? It depends. Like, usually I, I'll just get fixated on certain songs for a period, or it'll just, yeah, just kind of become my default for a few weeks at a time, and then I move on to something else. Mine lasts a lot longer than a few weeks. And this one, I think, was my go-to song for, like, ten years. Damn. There's something like, there's something about the rhythm of this song and the guitar line at the beginning. There's something weird about it to me. And it just, I, I find myself whistling it while I'm walking down the street. I don't know why. It's not like... I think it's just it, because that guitar line, it is so repetitive and so catchy. Yeah, it's not your standard sort of catchy tune, like a Beatles tune or, or like... Yeah, it's not the chorus. It's not... Nothing he's doing vocally makes it catchy at all. Yeah. But it does. It's like the little guitar hook. The synthesizer, too. The mini move. It just... I it, love it's, it. It's like, a, it's like two octaves down. It's just a note, octave down, octave down from that. It's so simple, but it's, it's so it strange. so perfectly... And, and the first time it happens is right after he says, listen, and then it happens, and you're just like, oh, man, yeah, I'm glad you told me to listen to that, David. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Because it's... It's the sound of broken glass. Broken yeah. Glass. And, it, and it later on, it, it doesn't always fall in the same part of the measure, either. It, it comes in after he says, listen. Later on, uh, near the end of the song, it comes in a little bit earlier than that, so it sort of throws you off. Speaking of the lyrics of the song, these are worth looking at, I think. Because like you said, the, la- the first verse ends with the word listen. The second verse ends with the word see. The first verse is, is all about the breaking of the glass, the sound of the broken glass, listen to this. And, you know, he, he, there's this destruction going on. second verse, also more destruction, except this time it's something terrible going on in the carpet. It's written something awful. He's drawn something awful. See. See what he's drawn? So you've got the two senses, listen and then see. Third verse. No, that um, it's not a verse really. It's kind of a, a third section. Let the end of that one. Touch. I'll never touch you. So we've got three senses so far. I'm drawing a blank on what the fourth and the fifth ones are. Uh, we don't have any taste, and we don't have any uh, smell. Smell. Yeah. So can we imagine what the smell verse would be, or the taste verse? Um, I mean, if you're looking back on. The 70s, I'm sure the smell is whiskey or something like that. Yeah, some, some smells of what? It's the smell of debauchery. Yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but that that's that's a thing. It seems like he's like going toward going for different senses. Also, listen and see, sound and vision. And so there's there's a bit of thematic unity. Yeah, in the songs on low, maybe I don't know. I don't think it's deliberate, but it's there. And that's it. That's all the lyrics. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's a very sparse song. You, you kind of feel like you're building towards something. Because the music in the, the verse is like, it's, it's a little chaotic. And then after he says C, you get the second round of synthesizer. It kind of drops out a little bit. He gets to that. Such a wonderful person. Yeah, it, it, I think that last part could be a chorus. It's like verse, verse, chorus. Yeah. It doesn't repeat the chorus, but it's... But it's a cool chorus. Like, it seems like that would be... Yeah, it brings, in, it brings that sound in, the, the guitar line that I always whistle. Yeah. That, that part comes back, and then, yeah, it seems like, it seems like a chorus part is changing. Such a wonderful person. But you got problems. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
like, I know you got problems, but I ain't judging you. But I won't touch you. But I will not touch, touch you. I'm only wondering what those problems might be. He's probably talking about himself. You think so? You think yeah. he's sort of addressing himself? He's addressing himself. Yeah, like, I think he's, he's kind of looking back at Station to Station Bowie. So I think the first verse, the two quote-unquote verses, I feel like it's past Bowie talking to current Bowie. Breaking glass in his room, hmm. drawing awful things on the carpet. He used to like draw like, satanic images. The Kabbalist, the Tree of Life, yeah, in Kabbalah, which you see him drawing on the floor in the artwork for Station to Station. So, so you know, some of these things that he used to do. This is the sociopathic past self. Yeah, and then it drops out, and it's it's current him looking at past him, saying, "You're such a wonderful person, but you've got problems." Hmm. And I guess maybe the you that he'll never touch is maybe the when he's talking talking to the cocaine. Not gonna go back. Not gonna go back to that back there. Never again. Yeah, I like that interpretation, that reading. Yeah, it's it's a good way to open up this, you know, to have this be the first time you're hearing David Bowie speaking on his album, basically him saying, I'm done with this era and I'm moving on to this new thing. I think that's about all I've got for uh Yeah. Definitely have to recommend watching the library song too. There's there's the one from from like seventy seven. And it was from the same performance that uh, I had found from when he did Beauty of the Beast. That one with the electric violin. Yeah, he's got like the, the leather pants like jacked up to his navel and yeah. so there's that version which is very close to the album version. And then I watched one from ninety five, uh, with Ruth Cabrels on guitar. And Ruth Cabrels basically makes it a metal song. There's a lot more focus on the guitar. Much, so. much more focus on the guitar. Really heavy, really, really good. So, good song. Good I mean, song. Covers, salty versions. There, there is a song by Nick Lowe of, uh, that's called I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass that's, it's a, that apparently lifts a little bit from this song, a little bit from Sound and Vision. Nick Lowe, L-O-W-E, uh, who, of course, released an album in 77, no, 78, somewhere after, after Lowe came out, he came out with an album called Bowie, except B-O-W-I, in return for Bowie coming out with an album called Lowe that drops the E. That's absolutely brilliant. I think Bowie appreciated that on some level. I can't imagine he was mad about that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a funny... It's yeah, a, it seems like something would have his sense of humor. It sounds exactly like something yeah. that Bowie would do if he had the chance. I mean, it sounds like basically how we uh, had a little fun with Bruce Springsteen with Born in UFO. Well, let's transition right into uh, ratings. Are we ever important? What is our opinion? Uh, what did you think of? Ratings? I I will give this song three and a half awful things on the carpet. And contrary to what Brian Eno would want me to think, I would probably give it a four or four and a half if it did have one more verse and brought back that chorus. And sometimes you need to do the song service. I feel like he doesn't do the song enough service. By by just fading it out? Yeah. Singing it early? Yeah. I feel like there's more to it. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe he had the writer's block. Well, then you want to hear the 12-inch mix. You want to hear the dance mix. I want to hear that full the two, two and a half, four to three minutes. Right. Yeah, I really like the song. And maybe it is because it reminds me of stuff I've listened to later on in life before the song came to me. Hmm. But it's a really cool song, especially if you listen to it in uh, headphones, earbuds, earbuds, whatever, whatever you're putting in your ears, whatever you're destroying your future ears. Yeah, 
I, I think the shortness of the song really serves it. It, it gives it something novel. It gives it something new. And I think it's, it's a mercy killing, making it fade out sooner than you would expect, sooner than you want. It does leave you wanting more. That's how I feel about it. I, I would give it four uh, awful things on the carpet. I like it. Like I said, it's, it's, got, it's got a certain quality to it that just injects itself into your brain. That, like I said, it just, it, I still whistle it a lot of the time, just walking down the street. It's um, a memorable song. It is. All right, cool. So that's that's probably it for uh, Breaking Glass. Leave us a review and or rating on iTunes if you're enjoying the show. It'll uh, increase our uh, visibility, and it will... Uh, it will allow us to expand our horizons, mm-hmm. reach out, and go on more adventures. Not just average, not, yeah, so-so not, adventures. Not dull adventures, or, you know, your typical kind of okay. Your, your ho-hum yeah. adventures. Your mundane adventures. Something more brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Like the brilliant adventure you can join us on next time. On From A to Ziggy. Until then, my name is Thomas. Travis. And Travis, you know what, Travis? You're such a wonderful person. But I got uh, no, 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 period. Just period. Let's leave this on a positive note. Yes. Goodbye.